You're listening to the Me, My Bag and I Ostomy podcast. I'm joined today by Amy and her partner Ben. 27-year-old Amy had symptoms from birth and was diagnosed with Crohn's at the age of 7. At 19, Amy had her ileostomy and now has a permanent stoma which she calls Stacy. Hi, um, Amy, Ben, thanks for coming to talk to us today. Thank you for I'm Angelina, us. Yeah, nice to meet you. you. Nice and, to meet you too. Um, we're going to talk today about living with an ostomy um, and, in particular, really what it's like for younger people mm-hmm. um, and the sort of challenges that you face and how yeah. you overcome them and perhaps impart a little bit of advice and wisdom. I'm a Yorkshire I'm girl d- born and bred. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you are I, too. <laughs> I am indeed. Well, not a Yorkshire girl, but. <laughs> Yorkshire boy. <laughs> yeah. Not today, anyway. Yeah, not today, not today. Not got your heels. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one time only. Uh, yeah, I'm 28. I'm Ben, and I am Amy's boyfriend and we've been together over two years mm-hmm. now so uh, learning a lot about stomas and ileostomas as we we go along yeah yeah, yeah. and you didn't know very much about um stomas before no, you met or was, um, was there a little bit uh, barely, barely anything really very very marginal so it's been a a big learning Steep curve learning. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but a, a fascinating one definitely yeah. well lovely to have you here um Obviously, what we want to talk about really is um, what it was like, because I know you got diagnosed quite young, didn't yes. you? I think what you said you were Third one of the youngest, youngest people in the in... UK at the time. Wow. Yeah, pretty scary. So how old were you when you knew you started to have problems, or was um, it something from birth? Or I think I did have symptoms from birth, but because it wasn't like widely known about, I had a lot of like misdiagnosis. So I had like, I got malnutrition quite a lot, they said it was, oh. um, and that was around about three or four then five six up to the age of seven i got loads of like stomach aches and mum and dad thought i was just being picky with my food like yeah. most children are and i remember now which they feel really guilty about they used to try and sit and make me sit at the table till i finished my food because they thought i was just being picky oh um and then it got to the point where at school i literally could not stay in my chair because i'd have to be rushing out to the toilet all the time um, so yeah, that's when I went to the doctors and we said about my uncle having IBD and that's when the doctor at seven said to me, oh, we should look into you having IBD and it started from there. So, so it must have been quite challenging as a young child yeah. in primary school and high school. It must have been quite yeah. difficult. What was it like for you? What you know, Was it a normal childhood or do you find that there were... Yeah differences that you think really was related to the fact that you know you did have these problems yeah, like it sounds really morbid but I don't actually remember that much that was happy about being at school oh. like I missed a lot of time off and I really like my education I love school so I used to get a teacher in hospital to teach me things um, but otherwise just like I always felt different to my friends because I was the one with the problem and they seemed normal so even things like running around the playground if I started running, I'd get really bad stomach ache, and even things like if you had to like let wind, I wouldn't do it. I'd hold it in all day, so much to the point where by the end of the day, I was in agony. Um, and then senior school, most of my time was just spent at the health point, having supplement drinks and lots of things to help try and keep my energy up. But I remember frequently sitting in classrooms and thinking I was going to faint because I felt that poorly and I didn't really feel like anyone around me got it because mm. um, teenagers and children can be quite cruel when they want to be they can so be. I, caught, I sort of just internalised it so yeah school was tough so where did you find that support then to try and get through that was um, that family was it nurses it was my nurses were good but because they didn't know much about it it was more sort of like generic support 
Um, and my main source of help really was my uncle because he had colitis. Um, so I used to go to him. And if it hadn't have been for him, I don't think I'd be like where I am today because he was quite a solid like source of support for me. Um, but friends wise and social media, that sort of thing wasn't about as much. It wasn't, no, it's really so, only really taken off in the last what, yeah. five, five, ten years maybe. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I just missed it. <laughs> yeah, and I think schools are getting a little bit more in, aware of, uh, you know, not the typical um, problems that they normally need yeah. to deal yeah. with. And yeah. I think we've had some great stories where, you know, a child has gone in and they want to share it, so it's show and tell. Oh, yeah. They oh, really show good. the bag. And oh, I think so now good. that there's that opportunity to, you know, be a little bit more open about it, Definitely. hopefully that will help in the classroom as well. Yeah. 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 So really your journey, you, you move through uh, paediatric care into um, adult care. Yeah. Uh, within the NHS and obviously uh, you know maybe that there was that transition was that easy that transition did you find um, there was a difference I felt like adult care was more clued up on IBD in general because when I was in paediatric care I used to see one doctor at Scarborough but he was just a general paediatrician so he never really fully understood it I didn't have that trust in him um, and then I got referred to a second person at Leeds and I went there once a year but again there wasn't kind of enough on it for them to treat me properly so when I got to adult care that was when the ball really started rolling Yeah. Um, so I'd been diagnosed with Crohn's in the small intestine when I was younger um, and then when I got to adult clinic they did a scope and found that it was actually in the large intestine so I'd gone for 10 years Gosh. with not having treatment in the right place which is why it got so bad did that make you angry um it yeah it did make me quite angry and then I, I know there was a few people like family saying oh you should look into like suing people and oh. all this sort of stuff and I said well you know that'll just be two to three years of stress which I need this bag and things to get out of that negativity mm. so I didn't kind of want to chase it up but even now it's still a little bit like Oh, if they'd have spotted that a little bit earlier, yeah. I might not be in this position. But and I suppose it's been in the right place at the right time. Definitely. And yeah. a lot of symptoms are always, you know, could be one thing or another. Yes. It is very yeah. difficult. Yeah. yeah. And sadly, it's sometimes when it gets to sort of crisis point. It a is. lot of the time. It the, more the, the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. But at least you then got sorted out. And um, I wanted to ask you what it was like as a teenager as well, because obviously that's socialising. You know, going out partying every night I'm sure you did I'm sure you did occasionally after I got my bag I caught up a little bit did you did you find you held back then on doing the normal things oh yeah you completely did. before I got my bag yeah because even something silly like I didn't want to go to someone's house to stay over because <gasps> I'm gonna need the toilet and I'm gonna use their toilet and it's gonna stink and then there's people there who don't know about it and they're all gonna start mickey taking and yeah, just a vicious circle. <laughs> oh, wow. So how yeah. old were you when you had your operation? Um, I was 19. Right. So you yeah, had kind of gone through school and things with not going on school trips, not going away. Well, that's a shame. Um, so you kind of just got used to the fact of everyone coming back and talking about them and you kind of so been sat you, there like, oh, okay. Do you think if it, because the circumstance, like you say, nowadays, there's a lot more information out there, people yeah. talk about things a lot more. Do you think if you'd have that support there then, that you would have probably engaged a little bit more? Yeah, I would have been a lot more open about it. I know you said you tried to go to uh, college as well, didn't you? Yeah, um, yeah, I went to college to do childcare for a little bit and yeah, I mean, they supported me where they could, but it was more from the fact of me being a 
disabled student, if you like, not really understanding what the ins and outs of it were, which would have been a big help. Mm. Um, because especially stress, that impacted me hugely. And I felt that if there'd been steps in place to help kind of understand that more and how it affected me, I probably would have been able to stick at things longer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't just give up, but it made it difficult. Mm. And, and now I know that you uh, work in accountancy. Yeah. And you hold down a full-time job, yeah. so you, and you've Amazing. also done some qualifications to get yeah. to where you need to be. So that's great. Yeah. So that was good that at least after you've managed Definitely. to sort out um, and stabilise the condition yes. really, and understand and uh, be able to use the bag was really mm. helpful. So Ben, yes. how did you meet? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we met on an app as most uh, young yeah. people do these days, didn't we? Yes, we did. We did. Em's uh, queried why I had an insatiable love of peanut butter yeah that was his first uh, line in his bio yeah, which I love peanut mind. butter <laughs> okay. oh he sounds yeah. interesting yeah I'd yeah, like to I was like, <laughs> sounds a bit, bit um, yeah and then we um, we went out for a costa um, after that and sat in the sun for a, yeah. a couple of hours near where, where we live and caught up on each other's lives and then we just kept that? talking and talking and talking and so um how soon did you tell him about your stoma? Were you anxious about doing that? Um, no, not really. Because I've always been quite open about it. And to be yeah. honest, I've not had that many negative opinions. And if I have, I've almost... It might sound quite brutal, but I've cut that person out straight away because I've thought, well, if you can't get used to that, that is who I am and I don't want that. Absolutely. So I took that forward and I thought, well, if I am going to spend my time getting to know this person and they're going to have a problem with it, I'd rather know about it sooner, so I told him within the first two or three Pretty days of us talking. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And she's your, a straight talker. Your stepsister <laughs> has IBD, doesn't Yeah, so I had a little bit of knowledge about yeah. it. Yeah, <clears throat> he was great with it. He was like, oh, that's cool. So yeah. did you have yeah. a million questions then, did you? Initially, um, I didn't have too many questions because it was more about getting to know him more than, more than yeah. anything else, like, and we didn't want that to kind of um, be the kind focus. of the, the focal point of what we discussed because um, that would detract away from the normality of kind of getting just to know each other really yeah. but it organically came up in conversation as we yeah. as we spoke and because it's intertwined in um, her, her life so much it just naturally crops up through the conversation but it's not um, like a, a particular subject of the conversation we're just weave it into normal conversation yeah. as it would be mm. any any normal discussion really so it just naturally kind of came about and as we went on we more kind of discovered more and more about it as we went but it wasn't so much we had like a, a, a sit down and really discussed it yeah. and yeah. all the intricacies of things it happen, yeah. Yeah, suppose, it was really I suppose yeah. you probably get into situations where it was bag really leaks. yeah, yeah. tell us yeah. about yeah. that yeah. then I mean, yeah first, first bag leak I remember the first bag leak. I do. <laughs> He's I do. so excited yeah, about it. I do. I remember, I remember it now. It, it just came back. It's ingrained in your memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, no. Were you the superhero back. of this event? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I am. <laughs> so you remember it, do you? We had gone for our first meal out together, which was really, really nice. We went to a nice restaurant called uh, Sleepers, so we just had a nice meal for two. I remember that. And it's within walking distance of where we live, so we went. We just had like a five-minute walk there. Um, would skip dessert at the restaurant because um, we both have an insatiable desire for Milky Bar yogurts. <laughs> um, 
So we've gone and picked up a Stop couple. Stop spilling my secrets Sorry. here. Sorry. <laughs> we've got uh, a, a couple of Milky Bar yogurts from Tesco on the way back, um, and we've got halfway back, and all of a sudden, all hell broke loose, and it's just <laughs> froze. And <laughs> just said, oh, "My bike's gonna leak. My bike's gonna leak." And then it was a real um, emergency stroll to get back Gosh. to the flat. I remember as quick as that actually. Now we took a shortcut and I took my coat off and actually wrapped it round yeah, really? my jeans because well, it had started to come out. It happened on your knee. Yeah, I was. It I, was quite so. I, I remember saying to you, I was really like, oh, it's it? our first proper day out yeah. and yeah. she, ca- she Stacey Sturmer, can't even let us do that. Yeah, he was but you were great quite upset it. about it. Which it, yeah. it made, How did it, it make you feel then, Ben? It just made me feel. Um, uh, I had a lot of empathy for him because we'd had such a, a nice night <laughs> and all of a sudden something blindsides you when you least yeah, expect it in a moment where you're really really enjoying it yeah. and kind of takes you by surprise which can sometimes I imagine I can't know wholly myself but make the situation even worse when you don't expect it and it flips the night on its head it, yeah. it can have that impact yeah. um, quite quite dramatically but Ems has a really really good way of, of handling it and it's got easier and easier as we've got more comfortable with it and I yeah. think as Ames feels more comfortable around mm. me knowing that um, it's not an issue if these things happen because it's just a natural part of... It's just part uh, of us now. Yeah. So I know, Ben, that you take a very active interest because I've heard uh, on the grapevine that you have been known to wear a bag to, <laughs> so that you yeah, can appreciate yeah, absolutely. actually what it's like, which I think yeah. is brilliant because, yeah. you know, you do rely on your support yeah, network, don't you? Yeah, sure. yeah. you know, so what was that like? It, it helps you get a greater understanding of the small things that make a difference <laughs> yeah. um, that you would never think about um, things like is the bag is the bag visible like is it protruding can people hear it when I move like when I sit does it like crinkle and people would think what's that um, or even if you kind of like lift your arms above your head and your t-shirt pulls up like does it expose the bag underneath so things yeah, that yeah. I would never think about if I didn't trial wearing it so i think it gives you a little bit more understanding yeah. of what aims has to go through well, on a, a day-to-day funny story basis about when you tried a stoma bag for the first time i said to him i said it's one thing wearing a stoma bag but you need some liquid in it or something to carry around for a while yeah. to see how that feels for me and <laughs> then i said and I, I said to him i said right i said you're gonna empty it afterwards and he was like getting quite excited like oh i'm gonna empty my stoma bag I was quite and excited. anyway he'd done some coffee in the cafeteria in the kitchen and he'd let it well he thought he'd let it cool so i picked it up felt the bottom of it <laughs> and i said to him i said are you sure it's cool he went oh yeah yeah he i was quite did positive it ages ago. I was and he was quite like, positive there with, cool. the, with the bag open he was like oh pour it in so i went to pour it in and just as i started pouring it in, he went no 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 that's really hot that's really hot <laughs> said, it wasn't just, cool <laughs> just just check like I, I said to you to check so i literally grabbed some cold water poured it in and it did look like stoma output because it was just cold coffee. Wow. Yeah. So if anyone needs to know it, it's liquid, quite painful if you pour yeah. semi-boiling water I, into a stoma bag. No, I don't do know that. if anyone's done it before but we'll I wouldn't recommend it. it. We won't recommend that, we'll edit that out at some point. Yeah, yeah, I would highly not recommend it in any way shape or form. How did you feel like emptying it because even when you like went to the toilet you have to think about are you going to stand? Are you going to yeah. sit? Like, how are you There going was to a consideration, yeah, how I approach yeah. this situation. How do I go past? Yeah, if I stand, even though it's not from a particularly great height, I'm going to still get some splashing. Splashback. Yeah, splashback if I pull this in, so I have to <laughs> hover over the side of the toilet. Yeah. It was a consideration I've yeah. never had to yeah. kind of approach before. So, yeah, it, that, that really does actually help. Um, 
put into perspective what yeah, you said it was quite annoying, didn't you, after a while? Even after a few hours, you were like, yeah. It was uncomfortable. It's, it's, I was relieved to take it off. And mm. it, I didn't have, like, it was easy for me because I had the option to take it off at the end of the yeah. day. But I can see how it would almost be a slightly claustrophobic feeling not being yeah. able to take that off. Mm. Because it, you, you seem to be really well at getting used to it yeah. and adapting to things it is, over it's time. It's that acceptance of it, isn't it? Yeah. And realising yeah. that it is part of your life and yeah. not Absolutely. letting it control your life. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see how those initial points at the early stages would be really tough to yeah. adapt to that change mm. and, and get familiarised mm. with, with that I'm sure it's worth it yeah. once you get through those but I can see how it would be tough to, to wear through initially and I said to him like even with relationships like they're even just on my own like because of the sturm bag sometimes I never feel like I'm fully naked like there's oh, always yeah. that bag there so like every now and again I love just having a shower without my bag on because I bathe usually with my bag on because I tried to take a bath mm. twice without my bag and yeah, that did not work out very nice. <laughs> but if it happens in the shower, obviously, it just goes straight down the plug hole. So every now and again, I absolutely love to just get what I call fully naked without the bag on yeah. and yeah. shower. That's and it's good. the most freeing feeling ever. Mm. And I'll say to him, I just had a bagless shower. <laughs> it's like quite an event, isn't it, in it our is, house? It is. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's quite a thing. <laughs> but it's, it's not affected you. You've overcome the initial yeah. uh, issues. And I think that's, for young people, that's really inspiring to hear as well because there must be so much concern and worry about how it's going to impact on your oh, life. Yeah. Um, and maybe that perception of, well, I know you said to me earlier that, you know, I, um, am I going to be wearing baggy clothes for the rest yeah. of my life? And, you know, it's the perception that's out there, isn't there? Mm, and definitely. So, being able to share that with people yeah. and explain actually that's not really that's the not case. What it is. Yeah. You know, it gives people confidence, oh, doesn't it, to go forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really yeah. does. Really, really does. Yeah, Which I wish I'd had that when I had my surgery. Yeah. I didn't really have anyone to look at who was of a similar generation and think, actually, no, it's not going to be bad. Like I'd already got it into my head before I had it that I was going to embrace it because I didn't have a choice. But it's like when the reality of it sets in, yeah. it is very different then because you are just stuck with it. <laughs> so you've kind of got to get your head around it, or it just takes over. I know that um, I know that you do a blog, mm-hmm. um, and um, you cover a lot of different topics on yeah. that, on there. Um, so I started actually started a different blog to start with, and um, when I came out of my surgery, I think I literally started it the week I came out of hospital because I wanted an outlet to sort of like positively get out how I was feeling but something that could help other people as well yeah. um, because I didn't want people to feel that loneliness that I felt so that was the main reason I did it and I actually called that after my stoma that was Stacey Stoma that vlog oh. um, and then I got to a point where I just I started getting my life back so I left it for a while and then it was literally a year or two later I decided to get back onto it again and then I opened my new blog um, and then yeah again blogged a while and then it wasn't really getting that much interest so I thought oh can't really be helping people or it's not targeting the right people and how do I do that so again I left it and I was a bit conscious that my life was becoming all about my stoma because that is just a part of me and I was making it literally centralizing my life around it which wasn't helping me get my head around it and so that's why I left it and then literally again about a month and a half ago now yeah. I picked up my blog which is 
hashtag stermabags.wordpress.com and yeah that is just taken off from there and even the initial interest I've had in it has just been really nice. I yeah. get people messaging me saying if it wasn't for that I wouldn't have tried that or I'm having this problem can you help me with that and I try and get like quite a lot of messages out but the one I try and like the one that stands out to me is that you earn your bag it doesn't earn you because it is just a tiny part of you like I'm Amy I'm not Amy with an ostomy bag I'm just Amy yeah so when you look at me I wouldn't want everyone to look at me and think that's the girl with the sturmer bag like I'm my own person before that Absolutely. So I try and it's, take, of, it's taking back that control isn't it yeah really? having the control of it's yeah a, a big thing um, because if you don't have that then it controls you mm. and so. do you find that in the interactions that you have with people now that that is a big part of what yeah. they're trying to do and that's probably why they're visiting your blog really mm. because they're looking for some yeah similarity some normality out there isn't there yeah. really yeah, yeah some common think, understanding yeah and then you you're talking about issues that are common to a lot of people so they can relate to it as yeah, well yeah i like that that people can relate that's what i try and go through in my head like how can i communicate what everybody's trying to ask about in the community mm -hmm. um, and i do things like on my instagram where i'll do polls to see what the topics are that people are wanting me to communicate about um, which is why I did my mental health blog last week, blog post. Um, yeah. And I generally do try and do that every month. I try and do it once or twice so I get everyone involved. Um, I'm going to be doing one about self-care with a sturmer coming up and I've asked people to contribute mm. and give their ideas. I think it is important to involve people because it can turn into a little bit like you're just going on about yourself yeah and you don't want to be telling your own story all the time no. is it and that's it's giving that online um community yeah um and giving a voice to particularly Definitely. younger people who yeah you know traditionally might not want to turn to healthcare professionals and they are absolutely brilliant and oh, obviously they are, are the yeah. key to you know maintaining your health and everything but you also want to to talk to like-minded people and people yeah. going oh, yeah. through it as well yeah, yeah. my sturma nurse is great like i love her to pieces and she always gives me a hug when i see her and it's almost like she's more of a friend yeah rather than a nurse but not that she can help it she doesn't have a sturma so speaking to somebody who does have a sturma and you know you just want a good old rant like you've got itchy skin or something and you're like I just want to rip this bag off my stomach and they, they sit there and say oh yeah I felt that the other day and immediately just from that connection it's oh I'm not on my own yeah yeah someone else has been through this and they've probably got a solution which can help you which is great yeah it's nice to have mm. that community support like, yeah definitely. do you get involved in the blogging sometimes yeah because um, I do a little bit of blogging myself it's nice to just bounce ideas yeah. off um, mm. with Ames and she'll say like, do you think this is the right topic to approach or there's something else like you did one the other day about mental health which obviously plays a, a huge part and a huge mm -hmm. role in uh, having having a you know Definitely. a stoma and day-to-day -day yeah. life so I imagine for a lot of people mental health plays a huge bearing on that so we definitely agreed that that was a really really good topic that would resonate through almost mm -hmm. everybody because yeah. um, that's just a you know part of the human condition of, mm. and, and of going through that so I'm sure that helps resonate with a lot of people and then it's okay to have the days where you struggle with the stoma and that it's not yeah. always going to be a smooth journey the stoma yeah. is not like a resolution to anything which i think is another one of your yeah like top top points that you always say yeah. like the stoma isn't 
like getting the bag isn't you you're going to be like your resolution to everything yeah. you're still going to have days that that are tough um and it's Wait, not going to answer it. everything yeah you will like em says like we'll rip it off but yeah. um she does always come back and you know apologize to yeah. stacy if stacy's been particularly cruel yeah, i'm sorry stacy yeah i didn't yeah. mean it stacy i love you yeah, really i wonder what the passerby thinks because sometimes we'll be out <laughs> And it'll make a noise, and I'll just be like, Stacey, not now. And there's probably someone sat at the table next to me, like, she's talking this girl, to her. all right? It's the like, crazy lady. But, yeah. Yeah. but you, for example, like, Ben's a very positive person. He's so, like, when I first met him, I found it almost, like, quite overwhelming how positive he was. Yeah. But that has actually really worked in my favour because it's helped me to become a more positive person. But I try and be, like, realistic as well. Yeah. Because you can be too positive to the point where you almost set yourself up for a fall. So I always try and think that having a stoma is positive because it is. I wouldn't be here without it. But at the same time, it's making people aware that there are going to be bad days, but that's all right. And it's knowing what to implement and who to go to when those bad days happen. And I think sometimes, I know, so we talked about control and taking control and um, that being really important to communicating and finding different ways of talking to people and making sure you don't keep it to yourself. But also yeah. that, like you were saying, having that positive approach. And, and I think it's because sometimes we forget that living with a stoma is really living with a long-term condition. Oh, yeah, and definitely. You need mm. to be mindful, don't you, that, you know, things do happen. You may still yes. be going in and out of hospital. We know we hear yeah. that a, a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's how you manage that, not just physically and health-wise, but mental health-wise as oh, well, yeah. as you say. Because yeah, there's a massive psychological burden as well, isn't there? Definitely. And I think having that online forums and that opportunity to communicate is really important. Uh, it is, yeah. You know, it, it's something that we obviously we feel quite passionate about, and that's yeah. why we're talking to you yeah. today, um, to make sure that you know people are aware that there are other places that they can go oh, and yeah. Yeah. get help and um, yeah. advice from. Um, and obviously still seek your clinical advice because yes. everybody is different. Yes. And sometimes, you know, sometimes what you hear in social media that might work for one person might not work for another person. Exactly. But it's a source of information yeah. to help form a... Yeah, you know, it's another a, a, option, I yeah, guess, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. secondary support to have in place. Yeah. I've always tried to be quite open about my stoma, as I've mentioned previously. Um, but I do find that I've got to almost tailor how I say it, comp- uh, like... Who I'm speaking with, I have to make sure that it's just right for that person because obviously some people are sensitive to medical stuff. Other people just, they've never heard of a stoma, they've never heard of a bowel disease. So it's almost gauging from the offset what that person is like just as an individual. Um, Like some of the people I work with know about it. And usually the line I'll use is, have you ever heard of inflammatory bowel disease? And if they say no, I'm like, have you heard of Crohn's? And someone generally has heard of Crohn's or colitis. And it's amazing how many people say, oh, yeah, my brother's got that. Or, oh, my yes. uncle's got colitis. Or, yeah. oh, my, my great aunt, she's got she's had a colostomy yeah. bag for years. And I just think it's amazing how all these people know these things. But it's still quite, not taboo, but not as well spoken about yes. as it should be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I will just literally say to some people, like I told Ben in in detail what it involves and yeah. what I suffer with but some people you just have to rein in on it a little bit because yeah. I always try and put myself in that person's position so if they were coming to me to tell me they had something and I'd never heard of it what would I want to know and to what yeah. level 
because you want you kind of want the person to be empathetic but you don't want to overwhelm them because they don't want to know your life story at the end of the day but you want them to have an understanding but you said yourself that even the conversations you have with your own parents yeah completely different to the conversations you have with Ben you're always clear to communicate aren't you but it's just how you convey the message and and what you put yeah it just depends what company you're in yeah. yeah, definitely. And, and a lot of people, like you say, are sensitive about the words that people use. And, oh, yeah. and anything to do with poo or wee. Oh, yeah. Ooh, poo to ooh, poo, as it's called. Yeah, <laughs> can't talk about it. But I think, you know, even even in the medical field now, they are, rather than using clinical terms, they're trying to use more generic terms yeah. like yeah. poo and wee. So people yeah. don't feel like exactly. they can't oh, that's talk good. about it. It just helps it. to normalise it. Yeah, yeah it does. And I think does. that's a big part, Ben, actually, trying to yeah. normalise it and yeah. not treat it as something special. Yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously being mindful that, yeah. you know, you do have some considerations where, you know, if you're going on holiday, you're going to have a lot more things to worry oh, about yeah. than anybody else. Yeah. yeah. But it, yeah. it's just making sure that you, don't, you feel comfortable being able to Yeah, and we're found in places like that. Uh, just a little bit of planning and thought that goes behind it helps mm-hmm. make that whole process yeah. a lot easier, doesn't it, with Definitely. those challenging situations. Mm. And clear communication always helps. You know, <laughs> you're not always like really clear to communicate yeah. if Ims is feeling apprehensive about something or anxious. She'll always be very like clear to vocalise it in advance, mm. which helps me because then we can cater for that so that the event doesn't come and I'm wondering why mm. um, you know Ims might not appear like herself when intrinsically there's a lot going on in yeah. there. She's, yeah. you know, we can then like work together much, much better if I know how the bag is affecting her day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that we find as a as a couple helps us make things a lot, lot easier. Um, and then I can also help slightly push him out of her comfort zones a little <laughs> bit. Which I hate you for at times. Yeah, yeah. But then, uh, but only to the point where I know she'll actually feel um, a, a kind of a good challenge for her but not too far so that she feels good about herself after she's done it and the more that she can just slightly progress to, to like pushing herself yeah the more her confidence builds as she goes which is really really nice to see oh, it's lovely to have that support isn't he isn't he he's, yeah. one of, he's not he's one of kind is he there's more out there like he's de- there definitely, definitely one of a kind i hope there are more in in, in weird ways <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, listen, thank you very much for talking thank to us you. today. Yeah, I think you've given yeah, us some great you. insights thank and uh, hopefully for our younger ostomists that are listening to this, yeah. that, um, you know, it's we'll helpful give them, for them all. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. and they're not on their own. No. Yeah. No. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you <laughs> Thanks for downloading the free Me, My Bag and I podcast from Salts Healthcare. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button and the next podcast will come straight to your device. We care what you think, so it'd be great to hear your thoughts. Please leave a review on iTunes.